Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In Louisiana, a traffic stop leads to the discovery of $700,000 cash in a briefcase. In Missouri, eight people are injured in a drunken boat crash. And in Texas... A teen's help me sign leads to the capture of her kidnapper by police. These stories and more are coming at you today, Thursday, July 27th, on Real Life Real Crime Daily. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. What's up, boys? Guys. Hump day. No, it isn't no, hump day. Oh, it's thirsty Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's the thirsty day after Thursday. hump day. It's the day before. Hell, every day's hump day to me, Woody. It's the day before. <laughs> Both you guys, yeah. Kelly Jennings. Unspeakable. That's show. correct. So we will be there. Oh my gosh, right. it's going to be so good, y'all. So. Open bar. I'm excited. I don't yeah. know if there are any tickets left for Saturday night. I would doubt it, but if, y'all, if, if you want to come, um, go check out any of this. Yeah, you can just media. go to Unspeakable's Facebook page and and right. check the link. And, uh, and you scalping? See. You're not scalping. No, no. Uh, you, you want to be there, don't you? I'm going to be there. Okay, I was yeah. going to. I just. Didn't know if you were offering your ticket for the right price. Mm-mm. I, you, hey, I, I would sell never sell out, the, uh, sell out the Kelly like see that. But. KJ do her thing. That's right. Right. You couldn't. You couldn't uh, get enough. I, no, buy, I guarantee good. you this. KJ's been at every one of. I think she's been at every live show I've she ever is. done. Huh? And she was yeah. there for you when you were suspended. So, I mean, <laughs> oh gotta, my God! You've got to, Nobody puts Daddy in a corner. Remember that. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's let's get to some crime time. What y'all think about that? Yeah. Uh sixty one year old man was arrested several hundred miles from his home in Texas for kidnapping a teenage girl and assaulting her during a drive to California. On July 9th at ten nineteen AM, officers were called to a parking lot for an unknown trouble call. When they arrived, they found a thirteen year old who was visibly emotional and distressed. Good Samaritans reportedly saw the girl parked in a car holding up a sign that read, help me. Right. The witnesses contacted 911 immediately after seeing her note. Police took an adult male into custody and learned he kidnapped the girl July 6th in San Antonio near a bus stop. He reportedly held up a gun and told her to get in his car. Detectives from the sexual assault response team determined the victim had been sexually assaulted during the trip, and other investigators discovered a replica gun that looked like a semi-automatic pistol. The suspect, Stephen Sablin, now faces federal charges for kidnapping and transporting a minor with intent to engage in criminal sexual activity. 
On the day of the kidnapping, Sablin allegedly pointed the gun at the victim and said, if you don't get in the car, I'm going to hurt you. The teen complied because obviously she was afraid for her life. Sablin reportedly asked the teen her age, and she told him she was 13 years old, uh, but had a friend in Australia. He offered to take the girl on a cruise to visit her friend, but she had to do something for him first. He reportedly sexually assaulted her three times during the drive from Texas to California. Sick asshole. On July 9th, Sablin stopped at a laundromat in Long Beach where the girl wrote a help me note while he went inside. And when police got to the scene, they found Sablin standing outside of the car and the girl actually mouthed help. Wow. While searching his vehicle, police reportedly found the written note, handcuffs, and a BB gun. Long Beach police confirmed the victim was a runaway out of San Antonio, and he was arrested. Hashtag murder by you, friend. Yeah, there's there's uh there's nothing short of of uh, just cutting that guy's dick off that that right. is justice, in my opinion. I agree. I mean, what is? And I mean, thirteen year old kid and gonna rape him. Horrible story. Well, smart kid, brave kid. Yeah. Well. Thankfully, some good Samaritans right, paid attention, right, didn't think it was a joke, right. though, and called the police. Mm-hmm. See something, you know? say something, right? Yeah. And again, it kind of goes to our human trafficking platform we're going to yeah. start doing. Absolutely. Um, she probably would have ended up being sold into that. Well, y'all, you ever been up to those arcs? No, I want to. I have. Oh, my God, it's so beautiful. And, yeah. and I looked really hard there over the last several years. <laughs> what? I have to tell you something. There, what's the lake? You told you told me about a lake up there. There's, a, they're all, there's like 50 But the them. one that you can see, like 50 the, feet the, deep. The, all of them are like that. The, but there's Beaver Lake. There's um, – um, Maybe it was Beaver. I forget. There was one you told me about. I went home and searched it. I was telling uh, Jerry Ann about it. And it happened to be the weekend that you told me about it, that it was the place to go to dive. There was some – the thing was shut down because of feces. Like somebody, there, was, oh, really? there was some kind of problem with a, the water with a was, pipe that was uh, uh, leaking into the lake. At I'm least like, the water's I don't think that's a normal – I, I don't think Woody goes scuba Ta- diving there's, in feces. There's Table Rock. There's Beaver Lake. There's, there's all these there's big, lake. huge lakes. And they had, uh, the Corps engineers flooded them way back in the day. And there's a lot of towns and stuff that are still down there. How far is that from here? Uh, about six, seven hours, yeah. maybe, maybe eight. The so anyway, I, I looked really hard to get in a place up there for a long time. But let me tell you about this story: a speedboat crash in Missouri has left eight people hospitalized after the vessel they were on ran aground and rammed straight into the side of a lake house. The crash occurred late Saturday night at the Lake of the Ozarks, southwest of St. Louis. The impact for the boat running aground along the bank of the lake flung all the passengers from the small vessel as the boat itself overturned. The driver, identified as 47-year-old Adam Ramirez from Huntington Beach, California, was charged with boating while intoxicated with serious injury. Ramirez is known to be a powerboat enthusiast, and his Instagram lists him as the owner of a custom shop based in California that works on engines for boats and cars. The boat involved in the accident was a 2014 Nortec boat with powerful engines capable of hitting top speeds of 70 knots. The passengers, consisting of four women and four men ranging between 21 and 51 years old, I can tell you who was the women and who were the men. (laughs) The 
<laughs> the women were the younger ones in bikinis, and the, the older ones were the ones paying for the ride. Yep, and Mike just showed me a picture, and I'm dead-ass right without having seen it. But the group was taken to the hospital. Ramirez's wife, Kathy Ramirez, was also on the boat, according to police report. Adam Pratt, who owns a racing company and who has partnered on social media with Good Boy Vodka, and whose postings have featured DJ Killed and golfer John Daly, was also injured in the collision. Police identified the other victims as Carly Jones, 21, Roxy Soup, Soul Cup, uh, 23, Kylie Elitchi, 26, and husband and wife, 50-year-old Amy and Matthew Hillier of Louisville, Mississippi. Sukup and Catherine Maris were taken to the hospital with moderate injuries. The others on the boat were all listed as having serious wounds. It's not clear if anyone inside the house suffered injuries following the boat's collision. Pratt had posted pictures on his Instagram page hours before the crash. The investigation to the crash continued on Sunday with pictures from the scene of the crash showing a vast amount of damage to the house with bricks having come away from the side wall looking extremely unsteady. Tiles from the roof looked to have also come away together with some guttering. Troopers spent time reconstructing the crash scene using a drone. Later on Sunday, a crane was brought in to haul the boat away. Overall, the scene looks more like a small tornado hit one house, given the amount of damage. And Ramirez has been charged, but we're waiting for more info. Y'all, he was charged with BWI, which must be a Missouri charge. Both while intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Here's still DWI. Yeah. So, anyway. Picture, you can see. I mean, it, he, he had to be traveling. The, uh, you know the boat had a lot of yeah, power. Yeah, right. It had to be going really fast to catapult from yeah. The side of the lake all the way into And the boat's the upside house. down. And I'm going to tell you something. The, and I've actually been involved in a boat crash myself. Is so lucky they are not dead. And he's not going to do the rest of his life in murder, right? For you know, that, was a, that was a pawpaw right there. I mean, yeah, that was that a was full-fledged crazy, pawpaw. Crazy, crazy. Uh, I don't know, y'all. Mm. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. No drinking and boating and going... 80 miles. An hour. How fast was that boat? 70 knots. 70 knots on the water is pretty damn quick. It's got to be over 80 miles an hour. 55 miles an hour is almost too fast for me in my speed. Like, you have a boat that goes that fast? Yeah. Wow, that's fast. That's fast on the water. Yeah. Yeah. You fall in the water at it that speed. And it was named like Lady cement. Justice and had real life, real crime on the side. But the real life, real crime has since been removed as has the Lady Justice. Not on purpose because the person who wrapped it did a shitty job. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and it came off. Say, is there a story? Yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to talk to you guys about something that shocked me. I don't know if our listeners are aware of this, but we uh, and this is absolutely a crime what these people are doing. But we've got a. Uh, Whenever he starts with a story, yeah, this is absolutely a crime. We've got an explosion <laughs> in the United States of sexually transmitted diseases. STDs, gift that keeps on giving. The All latest Centers for Disease Control data, which tracks the last five years, shows that every single state in the United States has seen a spike in cases of syphilis, a sexually transmitted disease that can lead to organ damage or failure and gonorrhea an STD that 
can cause uh, infertility or worse. So, uh, ask Al Capone. Infection rates <laughs> for syphilis have surged seventy percent across the country. No glove, no love. Gonorrhea, twenty-five percent. Um, experts are warning that the eruption of STDs in the U.S. and this has specifically happened like right after COVID ended, right? So you know everybody was locked down and right. and uh, uh, you know keeping uh, six feet apart, except <laughs> during certain hours, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and so everything exploded uh, after that, and I guess a bunch of pent up desire got a bunch of people in bed quicker than maybe. They otherwise would have, but uh, right at the core of our listening area is the city of Houston, Texas, where really? we got tons of listeners, and Houston is ground zero talk here. Taco vigilante for syphilis, a hundred and thirty percent increase in syphilis what? cases. A hundred and thirty. That's what's reported that they know of. Um, in that's, uh, in the city, that's the ones whose Houston. penises aren't. Spitting out fire when they go to the bathroom yet. <laughs> oh my God. Um, the president of the National Coalition of STD Directors, Dr. Ann Zink, but that's a fun job, um, said she's alarmed to see a rise in preventable syphilis and congenital syphilis cases in our nation. Syphilis, and especially congenital syphilis, is the canary in the coal mine for a devastating and out-of-control epidemic of sexually transmitted infections in the U.S. These are completely preventable infections that too often go unseen, undetected, and untreated. And most importantly, people aren't communicating with a partner ahead of time that they have In two states, Alaska and South Dakota, the infection rate or proportion of people who had the disease, I'm talking about syphilis here, rose by more than a thousand percent. South Dakota has also seen its infection tally uh, up more than a hundred percent for gonorrhea. So Christy Nome's doing all those commercials, but it looks like a lot of people haven't. Having some unprotected sex uh, in some bad cases. Okay. Um, Looking at the CDC data state by state, they did heat maps with this stuff. I encourage people to go to the cdc.org website and look at this. But Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama are all in the top tier of states with regard to instances of both of these STDs. So, uh, men, it's time to wrap that package and ladies it's time to choose your man carefully um i was uh i was curious as to whether any of this uh was uh was tied to uh you know more sexual women uh, exploration you do understand that women can give it to men also right the the women should just be careful and men should be careful not our listeners oh not our listeners well, not this not host. All those wonderful women writing. That's got shit all to those do with special me. thoughts to me on social media. People that are that sweet yeah. would never, would never do. It. Yes, it it, <laughs> uh, it can travel in 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 both directions. You can, uh, like I said, visit the CDC website for more. Be on the lookout for those STDs. Certainly interesting. You think that's you know, because they have a medicine that can better treat it nowadays? Yeah. I mean, back in the day. I mean, you got the fire, and then you got the fire, and, and now I guess they got all that. They got like a pill you can take. Couldn't you? You could put the fire out back in the day, couldn't you? Yeah, you well, smash think, it with a hammer. 
I think you could take it like rounds that's the preferred and, method. and maybe go get it to go lay dormant or something. I don't think you could ever fully get rid of it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, thank you for that lovely report, hey, Mike. Hey, yeah, Mike. <laughs> Be careful, fellas. If Mike ain't, ha- you know, well, he, you what he, the whole point of that is, if Mike ain't having sex, he wants to mess sex up for everybody. So, so now, now you got all these single women, and they ain't gonna want to do nothing. I the Louisiana am not man. trying to raid on anyone else's parade <laughs> just because it's pouring in my bedroom. <laughs> right. All right. Good report. So, we brought you a little story a while back about a female. Um, uh, person that enrolled in high school and it was more of an it was more of a uh innocent thing she was wanting to learn the language mm-hmm. and things like that and be educated and it was you know although it was wrong you could you could see why she would have attempted to do that well i've got the total opposite of that to report to you today police arrested a 26 year old man this week after he enrolled as a high school student under false pretenses and contacted multiple underage girls, the Lincoln Public School District reported an individual impersonating a student under the name of Zach Hess. The man, later identified as Zachary Sheck, reportedly pretended to be a 17-year-old enrolled at Northwest High School before transferring to another high school during the 2022-23 school year. Sheck used a fraudulent document to enroll in the school and created an elaborate backstory. Now, this guy was 26 years old. Lincoln Chief of Police Brian Jackson said Sheck attended 54 days of school stood five foot four and weighed 120 pounds. And he did note that he blended in with other students. So although he was 26, he didn't look it. Uh, Police discovered Sheck had actually graduated from Lincoln Public Schools in 2015. While fraudulently enrolled in school, Sheck had inappropriate contact with multiple juvenile students on school property. Police uncovered Sheck text messages to young girls, and in these text messages, Sheck would continue to reinforce his false identity as a peer and discuss things like classwork and high school sports. Sheck reportedly kept in contact with the underage girls for months and even met with the girls' families. Sheck tried to engage in sexual acts with a 14-year-old girl in February. The next month, He reportedly asked a 13-year-old girl to meet for sex. He also asked a 13-year-old girl she'd lose her virginity to him and send sexually explicit photos for money. Investigators reportedly recovered evidence of at least one payment. 
Mm. Police arrested Shaq on Thursday, July 20th, and he was booked into jail on felony charges of sexual assault, use of electronic device, and sex trafficking of a minor. And although police arrested Shaq, officers are working to identify the scope of his actions and have asked anyone with information about the case to contact police. Crazy. This is, that is, Link, this is Lincoln, happening is that, a lot more than I've realized. Lincoln, Nebraska? Or Lincoln? Lincoln High School was, uh, well, it was uh, Lincoln Public School District. Uh, it, you know, it, it doesn't say if it's Nebraska, but could be. Well, just, I mean, he graduated from a different high school in the same town and thought he was going to get away with. Well, he did get away get with it 54 for 54 days. days. Yeah, 54 That's days. 53 couple of months. more days than uh, I would have thought he would have Pedophile on a playground, right? Yeah. Well. And, and disgusting. And, you know, as you dig into these stories, you, you realize these things aren't as uncommon as you think. Right, right. So there's, there's a lot of times they may not example. want to report them, too, right? I mean, yeah, for the media. Uh, That's right. Relations-wise. Well, now... I am officially South American correspondent because yes. Mike's head just popped up. Yes. I think you broke as you should be. Right? Woody. So I'm gonna tell you about this story. Mm. A man has been arrested on suspicion, unsanctioned report here, folks, of intentionally setting a fire that killed 11 people in the Mexican state of Sonora near the Arizona border. Mexican authorities said the suspect, who has not yet been named, was removed from the Beer House Cantina Bar in San Luis, Rio, Mexico, in the early hours of Saturday for being disrespectful toward female patrons. The unarmed man, who had a high degree of intoxication, returned and threw a kind of Molotov cocktail at the bar, which caused the incident, the Snore Attorney General's office stated. The devastating fire broke out at 1.33 a.m. Saturday, and it claimed the lives of 11 people by nightfall among the dead was a 17 year old american woman the name of the american teen has not yet been released footage from the scene showed the building consumed by an all out of control blaze as firefighters battled to contain the carnage the main suspect was being interrogated um four of the 11 dead were women a total of six additional people were injured in the blaze and the Yuma Regional Medical Center in Arizona received three patients, and the other three were sent to other U.S. hospitals for treatment. The father-in-law of one of the victims said, they told us there was no emergency exit, only one door, and it was blocked. Someone threw a Molotov bomb, and the fire went off quickly. You've got no idea. He was my son-in-law, of course. I'm very sad, Herrera added. The names of the other victims have not been released. The building had significant damage, was roped, roped off by police on Saturday afternoon. 11 people. Yeah. They threw it in there and caught all that tequila and shit on fire. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly and, uh, um, like gasoline. Right. And then they, the. And there was you know, no way out. They, right. He blocked the. He threw it and he blocked the. Well, plane. I think it was probably like storage boxes shit just blocking the exit they don't have the strict fire codes that we have here and obviously um them shipping most of the victims to u.s hospitals that's because we have better burn and trauma units um horrible i cannot think of a, a worse way to go than being burnt to death no mm. real life real crime people yeah 
Yes, it is. Uh, well, we're going to uh, revisit our pal Robert Innes at Rent a Hitman. And this one is really, you know, they're all ridiculous, but this is taking out a hit on a three-year-old. A Miami, Florida woman has been charged after allegedly attempting to solicit a hitman from our friend Robert, who goes by Guido, by the way, on the site. Right. So I mean Guido at rentahitman.com. Uh, Yasmin Paez, 18, is facing charges of first-degree solicitation of murder and third-degree use of a communications device for an unlawful use, according to the arrest record. She was booked into Miami-Dade Detention Center on Wednesday Given a $15,000 bond, it's unclear if if she has posted bail or not. Paez allegedly sent the location of her son in addition to photos of the boy to rentahitman.com and filled out one of those hit request forms. Um, Genius. uh, She wrote in the form that she needed a hitman to, quote, get something done once and for all and wanted her son taken, quote, far, far away. Guido, uh, I mean Robert, claimed he attempted to report the incident to the Miami-Dade Police Department several times, but said that they directed him to Crime Stoppers USA instead. Quote, they were not interested. They sent me an email saying if I contacted one more time, they were going to send a cease and desist letter, according to Innes. Eventually, he kept pestering him, the Miami-Dade Police uh, responded and took action. And so she's arrested. The three-year-old is uh, safe and another uh, idiot goes to that site and doesn't get that it is a joke. But if she was looking for a way, she'd have probably found another way to try and get it done. So thank goodness she went there. Thank goodness she went there and they bust her. That's right. All right, Louisiana and more specifically Baton Rouge police have discovered and confiscated $700,000 in cash during a traffic stop near the I-10, I-12 split in Baton Rouge. And police say the driver didn't even know the money was there. Mm, I bet. (laughs) In In a social media post by the Baton Rouge Police Department, an officer stopped a car near construction zone at the interstate split. Police said the driver is from Los Angeles, and an officer found the money during the traffic stop. Now, here's where it gets strange. A spokesman for BRPD was asked why the traffic stop was initiated, why the money was confiscated, and if any arrests were made. And as of Monday morning, BRPD said the investigation was ongoing, but they took down the social media post after questions from the public were raised. So a little bit of a discussion here now. This money that was discovered was in a briefcase, mm-hmm. just like you would see in a, in an old crime movie. And I'm I've seen the picture, and it's, I mean, <laughs> if I discovered that, yeah, that would be like wow. There was fifty bucks in this briefcase, <laughs> you know, not really, but it's just you're talking nearly a million dollars, right? Um, and they're being awfully secretive about it. Why do you think that is? Well. And first of all, I can almost guarantee you that car was going westbound. Did they say but, uh, the money goes? Did back, not the money goes back to Mexico? The dope comes this way. Um, that probably the person in the car 
was paid as a, as a, a mule or, or a driver, and they were like, mm, you got to shit in the, in the trunk, don't look at it, and they didn't. Uh, so I believe that, that they could have, even though they knew they were hauling something, they didn't want to know, and they're probably dead now uh, because the cartel is not going to have any mercy on that because they did something to get stopped, allegedly. But the money, regardless, the they can't pr- produce a receipt for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars cash. Yeah. And you can't do that. They're going to hold it for X amount of time. Then it's getting split three ways: the DA's office, the police department, and the and the um, the judges. Boy, that is quite a haul. Yeah, right. I mean, that's a when lot. I say, of money. When it, I say the judges, hidden? I mean the court funds. Was the money hidden? It was or just, just out in hey, if, I, if I was going to haul millions of dollars, I wouldn't even bother hide it. If I was going to haul kilos and shit of cocaine, I wouldn't even bother hide it. You going to get stopped? They go. Your story's not going to add up, and somebody like me, I'd have been all over it. Yeah, I'd have got it. Regardless, so why waste so the time you, hiding? It? So you think they knew? They had a line on the. It wasn't a random traffic yeah, stop. They, they knew. You know, I'm not going to go into the kind of information these people have, but I know they yeah. have these centers all over the United States that do nothing but communicate electronically with each other on vehicles that might be carrying x y or z have you have you ever stopped a vehicle and found bunches of cash yeah i have and and i'm sure the district i was in they're very happy with that right because the people didn't fight it and they're not they're probably not going to charge this guy what they're going to charge it with hauling money and they they always got to say was well you know what they, I don't trust they banks. Told, they told me, well, no, he's not going to claim it's his. Yeah. They're going to say, uh, Joe Blow told me to drive his car back to, to, you know, Brownsville. You can't prove any different. But the thing, they don't care. They get in the money. Yeah. Matt, you're the math man. Th- three and a 750 is how much? 700. 250, but it was 700. So it's still. So, all right. So close to $200,000. That's. That paid for that those officers' salaries for the next four or five years. Hell yeah! So, Mike, you are now the official math man. Well, I I lost Central America apparently. So, <laughs> yeah, so well. picking up uh, picking so, up. <clears throat> sorry for you. Picking up some math is uh, you lost is Central good. America I, and I need to work. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Like we I, keep encroaching. I, it's like a good game of <laughs> risk. <laughs> Southeast Asia was a giveaway, actually. <laughs> <clears throat> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to, out to Washington State. We very seldom find ourselves in Washington State. Um, six people are dead after their car collided with an SUV in the city of Tacoma on Sunday. The Washington State Patrol said six people who rode in one car died at the scene. Uh. That car, it's actually seven people. That died in, uh, at the scene. That one car, a 2021 Kia Forte hatchback, it collided with a BMW SUV shortly after 11 a.m. on a Sunday. Investigators are trying to determine why the vehicles crashed. The victims were in a vehicle built for five people. That Kia seats five. There right, are five seat right. belts. There were Crazy. seven people in the car. Crazy. And so what troopers don't know is, well, it says what troopers don't know is if any of them were wearing a seatbelt, likely some of them probably were. 
uh, but certainly at least two people weren't, and probably more than that, because you had to make room for those two people. Right. It took investigators more than five hours to clear the scene for traffic to be allowed to go through after the terrible crash. It was a scene so devastating out of respect for the family, we did not show uh, the white sheets that were laying over the victims. Five of them were placed near the Kia they were in, and all seven people were in the Kia as it drove southbound on Alexander Avenue East. It's a five-seater car, said Washington State Patrol Trooper uh, uh, Dylan Totillo. So there were five available seatbelts. We don't know of any seatbelt usage at this point. We haven't been able to confirm that. He also says the Kia and the white BMW SUV with two people inside met in a violent collision in the intersection. The state patrol is still investigating, but early indications are that one of the drivers um, had been speeding, driving way too fast, and ran a red light. Uh, Michael May was on his way to work when he saw the aftermath. He said, I don't even know if there's anything that could have been done for those people because it was horrible. It was horrible. Um, he drove up to the wreckage shortly after the accident, and uh, and he saw the flames. He and another witness tried to do whatever they could to help the people inside the overturned Kia. We heard something in there, and we wanted to get them out. It was horrible. It was so mangled in there, and I noticed the lady laying in the front. Her hair kept catching on fire. That was our first concern was stopping the fire. It had done uh, – it had gone around from the back uh, uh, all the way to the gas tank, and we were worried that it was about to explode. Uh, he and another person grabbed a fire extinguisher from a nearby semi-truck and tried to put out the flames. It was too hot. My shoes have holes in them from all of the embers. It seems like forever when you're waiting for help to come and you're trying to do what you can do yourself. Um, uh, Tacoma firefighters had to cut off the Kia's roof to get the people to get to the people inside. Six of those seven would tragically die in the intersection. And so we don't Far. know yet whether. Uh, alcohol, drugs, or any kind were involved. We know that, obviously, one of the cars was overloaded uh, in terms of people and ran uh, the uh, the red light at a high speed. So um, just horrible accident. Sad, sad story. All right, y'all, from that horrible story to even more disturbing story, um, Oklahoma investigators have identified the woman believed to have killed her three children and then herself after an hours-long standoff of police in Verdigree on Thursday. Brandy McCaslin, 39, shot and killed her children before shooting herself. That's what the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation said. The triple murder-suicide happened in a small town just northeast of Tulsa at around 4 p.m. on Thursday. Police officers on patrol noticed fireworks erupting outside a home. Um, again, this is according to OSBI. The officers went to investigate and discovered an armed and barricaded woman in the residence. OSBI officials said the officers tried to make contact with the woman, and that's when the standoff began. Police called for backup, and multiple responding agencies were outside the home for the next three hours, including a SWAT team from the Cherokee Nation. After no response, officers entered the home and discovered McCaslin and her three children dead inside. It was determined that she shot all three kids and then turned the weapon on herself. The children were 10-month-old. I'm not going to give the names, y'all. The children were a 10-month-old, a 6 
year old and 11 year old daughter. It's good. It's crazy. OSBI did not immediately respond to requests for comment. State Bureau agents are working with the Verdigree Police Department uh, in the investigation. Neighbors set up a memorial for the children on a tree in front of the house. And Bill Selwakter, who lives nearby, said he witnessed the standoff and saw multiple police officers attempt to get her to surrender. I think it was around 3 p.m., and police officers were here in massive numbers. Those are the guys I really feel sorry for since they have to go through it all. They look like normal kids. They would get off the bus, run inside, ride and bike, just normal kids. The community is heartbroken. The pitiful part is those kids had nothing to do with it, and now they're gone. That's what Sale Wakes are said. Horrible story. And you know what? Normally, we don't even report on uh, murder-suicide type things or or we're doing the mass shootings when I don't like to say the people's name more than once. I don't like to give them uh, credit and, and I hope she burns in hell for killing her kids. Amen. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. Must be a mile high Thursday. Mile high. All right. Uh, we're going to tell you about a passenger arrested at the Miami International Airport and before we get into it, I'm going to ask Woody if he knows the answer to this question. All right. What do you not say on a plane? Anything about a bomb. That's right. Just right. like on Meet the Parents. You right. don't say there's a bomb right. on the plane. Or you can even, say it, but you're going to fucking regret it. That's yeah. right. And even if you're not on the plane, you probably shouldn't say yeah, they, it. They, even they, in the they airport. They have signs in the airport that says, do not make any kind of jokes or phrases about bombs or or whatever. Well, a man was arrested after making a false bomb threat at Miami's International Airport. Rodrigo Martins, a 44-year-old male passenger, was taken into custody on Tuesday evening following an incident. Uh, Martins was traveling on American Airlines for Brazil when a dispute arose between him and an American Airlines gate agent. The gate agent informed Mortons that he needed to check his carry-on luggage due to the lack of available overhead space in the cabin. Mm. Right? Yeah, that could, I've seen that problem happen many times. An argument ensued between the two, during which Mortons requested a lock to secure his luggage. The gate agent clarified that locks were not provided and reiterated the requirement to check all carry-on items. It was at that point that Mortons allegedly made a statement to the agent claiming he had a bomb in his carry-on. Oh, yeah. How did that work out for him? Fearing the potential threat, the gate agent immediately contacted police, leading to the prompt detainment of Martins by responding officers. Now, bomb threat protocols were subsequently implemented to obviously ensure safety of all individuals involved. And following the arrest, an interview was conducted with Martins at the airport's station with the assistance of a CB officer who provided translation services in Portuguese. Hmm. Martins was read as Miranda rights, and he indicated understanding and verbally acknowledging his rights. Martin chose to waive his rights and proceeded to explain that he had conveyed to Stewart in his limited English that he did not have a bomb ah. in his bag. Ah, now it's making sense. 
Martin expressed uncertainty <laughs> regarding the precise phrasing during his language barrier. So basically, uh, you know, he was trying to say, I, I don't have a bomb in my bag. You need to leave right. it, allow me to put it. And it, because of his limited English, it just didn't come across that way. Uh, but guess what? Nevertheless, he was informed of his arrest. Yeah. Rodrigo Martins now faces charges related to making a false bomb threat and creating a disturbance during an altercation. I can't believe they're going to proceed with that. I think that's <sighs> look, if I'm in Mexico and I'm speaking, uh, you know, trying my best to speak Spanish in a, uh, and I say something the wrong way, I would, I would hope they would take into consideration that it's my second language, right? Or, yeah. uh, I'm attempting to say a language I'm, I'm not very fluent with. So, there you uh, go. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, Mexico is a bad thing. example. Yeah, they yeah, would probably, he, he might, he might, but you know what yeah. I mean. I mean, I don't think yeah. this guy meant yeah. what they're trying he, to say. And he might have been crawfishing and using the language barriers. The language. Maybe. However, what he should have said, where I come from in Portugal, uh, it's not a crime I tell had, you, to have a bomb right. in your carry. So you're America, <laughs> but, you're right. He's Brazilian. Whatever. But but but, <laughs> but, but well because he speaks Portuguese that's not that's, yeah. that's natural but but, yeah. but how hard Rodrigo is no bomb no bomb you don't have to know a lot of English just no no, fuego. no bomb this, this had nah, to be this well, had to be some way over the top uh, gate agent who was just oh, you know, yeah. she know who she I am boy or she yeah. was going yeah. to do her yeah. job no matter what. Once you say bomb, everybody's fucked. Because right. now what's turning in, you know, two minutes of you checking the bag, yeah, pisses everybody off because they oversold the plane, and I'm sure it was probably Spirit or Frontier. The, um, they, flying they, to Brazil. They, 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 they oversold whatever. Instead of taking two minutes and just complying, and you have to wait ten minutes to get your shit when you get all because it's now checked, well, your ass is going to jail. Yeah. And he held up the whole plane. There you go. There you go. Portuguese. That, that guy's that guy's lawyers. He's not going to have any trouble getting a lawyer. He's going to win that case. That oh, airline yeah. just yeah. blew it. No uh, pun intended. Literally blew it. Yeah, blew it. Blew it. That go. was your my high ground. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. Absolutely, we will. All right. Ooh, yeah. I was hoping it was time. I know what time. For a kinky crime. What do you ever It's always time. Time for kinky crimes for Thursday. And wait till you hear this one, boys. I can't wait. I mean, these just keep getting better and better. A Florida woman is behind bars after a struggle over a sex toy apparently went way too far. Mm. Deputies responded to a call in St. Lucie County on Saturday morning. A man told deputies he had an argument argument with Chelsea White, 34, over a sex toy he owned. Mm. The plot <laughs> thickens, right? Yeah. The man said he asked White to return the toy, but she refused. Well. The man said he then grabbed a purse which contained the toy and began to struggle with White over the bag. He then claimed White began biting him after they fell on a couch during the fight. He said he punched White to make her stop biting him. Gets better and better. 
White suffered a bruised left cheek and busted inside lip. During question, White claimed the victim started it all and that she kicked and bit him to get away from her. Deputies said they determined White was the primary aggressor and placed her under, weight, under arrest. White was charged with a battery and booked in the St. Lucie County Jail. And y'all know what? But we don't have a clue what the sex toy was. That is what I wanted this, to know. This would be the point where each one of us gets to give a guess. I'm going to say, what do they call it, the silver bullet? Okay, yeah. All right, yeah. what do you think? I'm going to say one of them flower suction things. I don't even know what that is. Oh, some people out there. Do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. One of the co- one of the people in the comments comment what that what I'm talking about right uh, there. Okay. They know okay. what it I is. I have to look yeah. that up. I'd say a, a pink rabbit. A pink uh, rabbit could be go. that. All right. Well, so if you if you're listening uh, Florida woman, messages and let us know. Yeah, um, let us know or 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 put white. your guesses in yeah. the comments. It's chill, it's chill. Oh, and by the way, just tee up Mike's lookism. Here we have yeah. a picture of Chelsea. Oh, Mike. I withdraw my guess. That, that's definitely not a pink rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> what I, is it? The only it might be a the only name of purple uh, of rabbit. Sex the way I knew that you could actually fit inside a purse because I would have had to say vibrator or something was the silver bullet. I still say fl- flower suction. We got Thing. flower suction, pink rabbits. All sounds right. like an acid trip. Flower yeah. suction. That was a good one today. Yeah, that was very good. good. Kinky Crabs Thursday. Very good. Have some banjos. Banjos. There we go. Must be dumb criminal time. Well, and, you know, those banjos always play great before a Paducah, Kentucky story. Oh, yeah, yes. many times. Lots of banjo players in, up in Paducah. And I only drive through on the way to Wisconsin. <laughs> that's, your, that's your extent of Paducah? Yeah, that's it. You pull over, nope. go head to the Waffle I House. I will next time I listen for banjos. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not going to Waffle House. The Paducah Waffle House. Um, Antoinette Weston, you didn't, haven't met her. During any of your trips through through Paducah. Well, she was arrested on Wednesday. She was charged with theft by unlawful taking. That's usually how it works, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) she, um, She used another woman's identity to obtain employment at a local firm. Okay. Then she fraudulently cashed checks from that firm. Police say that Weston used a forged Kentucky operator's license when she applied for the job at the law firm on June 14th. The ID had Weston's picture but contained another woman's personal info. The employer became suspicious when they discovered that two of their checks were fraudulently cashed at a local bank. The investigation immediately revealed Weston and a man cashing those two checks. Mm. So... That's not really a crime you're going to get away with anymore. No. Going in a bank catch that. No. How many cameras? Right? No. Right. Like Jim said. That's right. On camera. Yeah. That's so right. she lasted uh, almost as long as that guy did back in high school. No. I mean, I she bet. went from June 14th to uh, first Ooh. week of July. So she made I, she made three weeks. I bet uh, our best banker chick in the world, Lori L-J. Johnson, back with me here in Denham Springs. She would have fallen for that one. That, Yeah. 
I guarantee they checking to see who you are. That's right. right. Lori beat that ass. No. To Antoinette get, from Paducah, you deserve this serenade. Enjoy. Dumb criminal. Another dumb, dumb criminal. criminal. And you know, we don't have we don't have music yet, Woody, for this next segment, but it was your brainchild, and we Here call we it WTF. WTF. It's the WTF. I got I to gotta research some music for WTF. Right. That would be a great one. Uh, a Florida man was arrested after posing as a Citrus County deputy and holding a couple at gunpoint during a home invasion. That's right. The Citrus County Sheriff's Office said the 32-year-old Eric Johnson was driven to the residence on July 19th, and when they arrived, Johnson got out of the vehicle while carrying an AR-15-style rifle that turned out to be an airsoft Uh, rifle. And for for those of you that don't know, that's like a BB gun. Right. After exiting the vehicle, Johnson knocked on the door of a camper and allegedly shouted, Citrus County Sheriff's Department. Mm -hmm. He told the victims to exit as he pointed the rifle at them and believing he's a cop, they complied. Johnson continued to hold the two victims at gunpoint. And at one point, the female victim tried to call 911, though Johnson took the phone away. Mm. As soon as Johnson became distracted, the male victim ran to a nearby home for help and told police he noticed the uh, passenger that was traveling with Johnson sitting in the driver's seat of an SUV that was located near the road. Johnson chased the man to the nearby home and kicked in the door to gain entry into the right. home. The homeowner, the victim, and Johnson, well, they get in a fist fight, Woody. There you go. Police said, and the homeowner was able to disarm Johnson and hit him in the head with the butt of the weapon. Huh. So Selvog, who was the the gentleman traveling with Johnson, fled the property. But deputies located Selvog at a nearby residence who disclosed where Johnson was hiding. Hmm. Johnson, police said, was hiding in a nearby shed. When deputies located him, he was holding a gun to his head. (laughs) After multiple attempts to get Johnson to comply, they said, get the canine. Yeah. Yeah. So Odie, the canine, was able to apprehend the suspect. That That means he ate that. Ass. He ate that ass. Police yeah. said when Odie grabbed Johnson, he put the gun under the dog's chin and pulled the trigger. What? But it malfunctioned. Oh, thank God, Odie. He attempted to shoot the dog a second time, though guess what? It malfunctioned again. He's he's just going somebody looking out for Odie. That's yeah. it. Deputy stepped in and apprehended Johnson before transporting to a nearby hospital where he was treated for injuries and he was char- yeah. charged with home invasion among a Ton of other treated for charges. injuries, not only from Odie. I bet you they let they took the pistol away from him and let Odie have a few personal moments with him. Yeah, and then he got real estate drug all the way to the. Uh, you just don't try to kill Odie. That's right. So that's so that is a definitely WTL. I mean WTF on, on top of the other shit that they did. Yeah, but you're gonna corner yourself in. Oh, oh I'm gonna shoot myself. What do you think the cops gonna be like? Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I'm not even going to tell you. Yeah. All right. I'll let your imagination wander and be like, okay, it'd be easier for me than booking you. That's right. That's right. Whatever. But what the? What? That's a good one, boy. Yeah. So that was your, uh, that was, uh, any final thoughts? I bet Odie set himself a, a nice prayer that night. 
or or his canine handler did. Yeah, that's they, right. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, I, I tore that ass out of that. Look, human trafficking. Be yeah, aware yeah. of it. But real quick, before we get into that, yep. the last week, y'all, the podcast awards, The you won't hear about it after this week. Uh, it's the one time a year we ask y'all to do that, and you've done it every year. We've won so many awards. But I'm going to ask you again. Go to podcastawards.com. Type in your email. They'll send you a verification email, uh, email and a password. They'll send you a verification email that cuts out all the robots. And then you click on that, and it brings you to the list. The first one we're nominated, Real Life, Real Crime, is under the Adam Curry's People's Choice Award. Bloody Angola is also nominated under that, as is uh, Kelly Jean Jennings' Unspeakable. The second one category we ask you to click on is Best Male Host in the World. We won the last two years in a row. Click on that. Scroll down to Real Life, Real Crime. And, y'all, you don't have to click on every category, just the categories we're asking, unless you want to. The next one would be the True Crime Podcast Award. And scroll down. Click on Real Life, Real Crime. The History uh, section when you get to that for the first time ever bloody, bloody angola hosted by myself and jim chapman is up and we really would like to win that one y'all or make the finals for it so click on that and then also under drama and storytelling we've won it twice before in real life real crime if you scroll down and hit it again we'd love to three-peat it and under uh, there's a blank spot for most influential podcaster. I've won that last year. If y'all would fill in real life, real crime, Woody Overton, and we would really appreciate your votes. It validates what we do. It's a nice moment for us. And we love y'all. I love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Thank you for taking the time to do it. I know it's a pain in the ass. You'll hear no more. Oh, also, that? Also, that? Also, also, wait, wait, also, self-promotion. Also, hey, you know what? It's not just self-promotion, it's promotion for you, too, because the Daily Show is part of Real Life, Real That's Crime. Right. You've never won one. Guess what? You might be blessed this year. Be blessed. Even if you don't like Aggo, please vote for Real Life, Real Crime. <laughs> and, uh, just stipulate hey, that you, when you don't want to see me. When you sign up on the, the deal, y'all, they Get ask the you, would you... <laughs> They say, are you a listener or a podcaster or both? Check whichever is appropriate. And they also ask you, and this is very important, they also ask you, would you be like to be selected as a final judge? Please check the box on that. And um, we go to the finals. They do a select, I think it's 20-something thousand it's people. It's random. Yeah. Random that they they ask to be the final judges. So it truly is the people's choice, and we would appreciate your vote in Ago. We know you never want anything Stop. in your life, but we're about to bless you. This Actually, year. Okay. He, a couple, he'll, he'll couple, slap his awards on there. A yeah. couple, couple, quick, couple quick things. Um, we have recently partnered with a company called FabFitFun. Yes, We've talked awesome. to you guys about that a they're little awesome. bit. My wife, so listen, behave. My wife, who's a far better human being than I am, has done a bunch of videos that we are going to be posting that talk to you about FabFitFun. And she's someone who's used the service for about a decade now and uh, and knows everything about it and, uh, and is a huge fan of it. We also have our pals from HelloFresh back with us. Yes. And so those... Definitely. Those fresh meals, short prep times, yeah. and uh, cheaper than uh, than taking the family uh, out for uh, for a burger. Really, uh, good please jump food. on board if you haven't already. Really good food. And lastly, uh, g- 
given everything that has gone on this week with uh, with Taylor Show Business and the trial, I am no longer going to be honoring Taylor at the end of episodes. Instead, I'm going to highlight some of the great supportive fans who have supported my position throughout uh, uh these various uh, battles on social media. So, uh, don't make the board listen up me. at the end of the episode. All right. Uh, and the only thing I have is Operation Underground Railroad. Railroad. Yes. yes. Uh, they do amazing things to try to end uh, human trafficking worldwide. We're going to link, obviously, their website into the show notes of this episode and please go check it out right if you're able to help please do do, yeah. do so and we're going to bring more information and and we're certainly not asking y'all to, to give financially we could be just what the information you read so you Shout can see somebody out, you can start post, looking for people yeah. that may be uh, being victims of trafficking Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout them out. Give yeah. Them and, and on that website, they even have like events exactly. and you can click it and they have a lot, you know, all over the country. They have uh, these events that they put together just to raise awareness. Doesn't right. cost That's a it. dime. That's it. That's so uh, please just Lope. check that out. Yep. So right. until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton. I'm Mike Agavino. For Real Life, Real Crime Daily. Peace. Peace. Megan Haley.